Hello, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at San Philip United Methodist Church in San Philip, Texas. And uh, before we go any further, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness that you shower upon us every day. All of us can look back and see at some point in the week where uh, we could just see your hand at work in our lives, and we're so grateful for that. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your word, which we get to uh, look at at this time. We pray, Lord, that you just open our hearts and our minds uh, to uh, your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture lesson today is found in Psalms, uh, Psalm 103. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. In this psalm, David starts out, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, at San Philip today, it was uh, uh, Communion Sunday. And uh, as I was preparing, I remembered something that uh, we find in the uh, communion prayer that we pray as we begin to take communion. And uh, I just want to call your attention to a part of this. It it's, starts out, the congregation prays together. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, we, thy humble servants, desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and thy whole church may obtain forgiveness of our sins, and listen to this, and all other benefits of his passion. Did you know that there were benefits to the passion? Have you ever thought about it like that? Benefits are generally a good thing, aren't they? Uh, David tells his soul to bless the Lord and to not forget all his benefits. Now, the first company I worked for, uh, they had benefits, uh, health, life, and disability, and uh, sick pay and vacation time. And those were great benefits. But the second job that I got uh, was at the executive level with another company. And my, my, they had health, life, disability, vacation, and uh, sick leave. But there were a few extra perks. Since this was at the regional level, they had a company cafeteria. And uh, it was it was like a Luby's or something like that. And, and in this cafeteria you paid about half of what you'd pay for the same thing somewhere else. And so that was a great perk. That was a benefit. Also, the 20% executive discount card was really good. It was uh, a Sears discount card, uh, executive discount card, so that whenever I uh, went into a Sears store, back then they sold everything, clothing, appliances, 
And if, if something was 50% off, I'd get 20% off also. So I could buy, uh, say that a refrigerator was on sale for at 50% off, I'd get it for 70% off. It was fantastic. And so, uh, and my wife, she had great benefits at her job too. And one of the really nice ones there was that you would get an extra month's salary tax-free as a Christmas bonus. So needless to say, when people heard that we were going to be leaving our jobs to go into the ministry, because God had told us that's what he wanted us to do, they thought that we must have lost or that we must have lost our minds. Uh, I must say that uh, starting out, the pay was pit. The first couple of churches we served, we were P-O-R-E, poor. Uh, however, let me tell you that the benefits of being in the kingdom of God, of living the life that you were created to live, are out of this world. They are literally divine benefits. And that's what I want us to look at today and the next following Sundays are five of the benefits of being in God's kingdom. And here we find them listed here in Psalm 103. The first, he forgives all your iniquities. Divine forgiveness is a benefit given to us by God whereby he removes our sins and he releases his forgiveness into our lives. And then he chooses not to remember our sins anymore. First, it says he removes our transgressions. In Psalm 10, uh, Psalm 103.10, it says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, in this passage, I want you to notice David mentions sins, he mentions iniquities, and he mentions transgressions. And uh, this, is, uh, this is important. Sin is when you miss the mark. Sin is whenever you aren't doing what you know God wants you to do or you're doing something you know God does not want you to do. Iniquity is, uh, is inward motivation to sin. Transgression is the outward movement of sin. And so there's the difference, I guess it's, it's kind of like, uh, well, the best example would be lust and adultery. And uh, lust being the iniquity and adultery being the transgression. But there's one step further back, and that is temptation. Even Jesus was tempted. Temptation is that being tempted is not a sin. It's when you move from temptation to iniquity, when you start really wanting it and uh, wishing that you could have something. You move from temptation to iniquity, which is the inward desire to sin, and then you move on into the transgression, which is the action, the actual sin. Now, in Jesus' days, uh, 
there was a popular teaching that if you didn't act on what you were wanting to do, you didn't sin. And there are a lot of people today that think about this or think like this. Uh, I mean, pornography is one of the most uh, uh, blatant examples. And this is what Jesus had to say about that. He said, you have heard that it was said, uh, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So you see, pornography is sin. It's you don't you don't go and do the overt act, but in some way you are participating in that act, and that is sin. Another, he said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So here Jesus is saying, iniquity is in your heart. And that is sin. Uh, Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he, talking about Jesus, and he's talking about him a thousand years before Jesus went to the cross. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, that is the punishment, for our peace, that's our shalom, our, our being right with God, our being right in ourselves and are being it right or being right in the world. Our, the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Transgression means the same as trespass. It means to go across a boundary. When the sign says no trespassing and you go across that fence, you have a uh, committed a trespass, and that is the same as crossing a boundary as far as a transgression. So uh, you go across the boundary, you go beyond what God has allowed. That's a transgression. Now listen, what knowing that transgression equals trespasses, listen to what 2 Corinthians 5.19 says. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and is committed to us the word of reconciliation. And so you see, he removes our transgression. Next, he remembers our sins no more. Uh, Robert Morris uses the example of a filing cabinet. He says that whenever we go to the Lord, say, Lord, I just want you to forgive me of this. It's like he waltz over and says, well, let's see just what we've got here. And he pulls open your filing cabinet and it goes way open. And then he starts looking through the filing cabinet. And he says, in 2006, you asked for forgiveness for this eight times. In 2008, getting better, six times. In 2011, 70 times? Oh, yeah, that's whatever you and your spouse were getting into that. I remember. 
That's not the way that God works. This is what Jesus, this is what, what the Lord says in Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And then in Hebrews 8, 12, it says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. You see, as an act of will, God chooses to forget our sins. He does, it doesn't mean that he has a bad memory. He chooses not to bring them up anymore, to remember them no more. It says that he casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. He casts them and removes them from us, disassociates them from us as far as the east is from the west. And that's not around the world where you come back to the same place you started. That's in a straight line. That's infinite. So far has he removed our sins for, from us. It, you see, it's Satan who wants to continually bring up our past. And, this, and today, the Lord wants to get very personal with you. He wants you to ask yourself, is there anything in your heart you need to choose to forget so that you may feel the benefit of God's forgiveness? This is his benefit to you, purchased with his precious blood. Now, these can get pretty rough, I know. As a counselor, I have seen just a parade of people come through. I was, as I was preparing this morning for this message, I just began to see people coming by that I had had the privilege of helping to believe and receive the divine givenness that only God can give. One was a woman who had been violated repeatedly in her early teens by her father. Another was a woman who had abandoned her family. Now, her husband, uh, he deserved to be left. The problem was she left her little baby with her abusive husband. And as a, in after, even after her daughter was grown, she was just beside herself with grief and guilt for having done what she had done. So another was a man who had committed war atrocities in Vietnam. They each had sincerely repented and confessed to God their wrongdoing, but they just could not be free from the guilt and the shame. And so uh, some people have told me that they knew in their heads that God had forgiven them but they just never felt that they had the permission to forgive themselves. In Jesus Christ, God wipes the slate clean when you allow him to wipe your slate clean with the precious blood of Jesus. It was for that sin, for that sin that you're having a hard time being free from. That's the sin that he paid the price for. He announced, just as he began his ministry, uh, as he wrote, opened the scroll of Isaiah, we read in the Gospel of Luke at the beginning, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him because he had anointed him. And you can go ahead and paraphrase that, to, he, to free us from our past so we can live in the present. 
and look forward to the future. You see, it was for that sin that you are haunted by, that guilt, that shame. Yes, you owed it. The debt was there, but Jesus paid it. And if you receive, if you refuse to truly receive that forgiveness that he gave so much for, you're denying yourself the very thing that Jesus did on the cross for you. You're refusing to be cleansed by his blood. Sometimes I've had to uh, counsel people to just what we call put down a stake. In the Old Testament, whenever something momentous happened that they didn't want to, to mark a, a major event, what they would do is they would either pile up a stack of rocks or they would uh, drive a stake in the ground and maybe put a marker on it, marking this spot and this moment. And, uh, uh, and, and this is this, and today, uh, I think that maybe it would be a good thing that you did that. I think it would be a really good thing that uh, if you have anything that you haven't been able to be freed from in your past, let this be the time when you confess it. Yes, one more time. Confess it. Receive the Lord's divine forgiveness and then walk away from it. And if Satan tries to bring it up again, you just say, yes, that's true, you devil. But on August the 7th, 2022, I knelt before the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I confessed it. And Jesus took the debt I owed upon himself. He took my debt, the very debt that I owed for that thing that I did. And he paid for it. And now I'm free. Jesus took it from me. If you want to talk about it, you go talk to Jesus. He'll be happy to talk to you about it. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you to do this just as soon as we end this podcast. In fact, you might want to go ahead and do it right now, but that's one more thing I want to run by you. He releases us from our iniquity. Psalm 103.3, who forgives all your iniquities. He sets you free from the bent toward sin. It's gone. God has taken what we owed and he's placed it on his son. Satan tries to convince you that you're always going to have that inward bent toward addiction, that inward bent toward uh, uh, alcohol or toward uh, sex or toward pornography or toward whatever else it is. You're going to always, he's going to try to tell you, you can never be free from this. You're just born with this. And he'll continually bring up your sins. But God does not. When we accept Christ, we are forgiven and we are released. God took what we owed, that debt that, yes, we, we did owe it. And Jesus paid the full price for it. And God cannot and will not charge you twice for your salvation. Now, in scripture, in John 20, 23, it says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. 
And this is so misunderstood today because a lot of people will take this and they, they think that it just applied to the apostles that Jesus gave them the authority to forgive sin. And if they didn't forgive it, then it wasn't forgiven. Uh, some people take this on into the church and they say that only the church has that authority. This is a misunderstanding because Jesus is talking to his disciples at this time uh, about uh, it would be in the last days. And I um, know he's talking about the, the 40 days after he uh, had risen from the dead. He spent 40 days with his disciples teaching them. And the main thing that he was talking about was going into all the world and sharing the good news that your sins have been paid for, that your uh, Jesus has done it for you. He has paid the price and all you can do now is just receive it. And if they receive this good news, then let them know their sins are forgiven. If they do not, then they still own them. Their sins are still theirs. And so I'm sitting here right now and I'm telling you, not that I am forgiving your sins, but I'm telling you, your sins are forgiven. Jesus has already paid the price for them. In reality, in history, they have been paid for. You don't have to punish yourself and God's not going to punish you for it because he has paid the price and you have received that. Once you step into the kingdom, you're free. You're free. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the benefits that we receive from knowing you and accepting Jesus as our Savior. We thank you for just uh, throwing our filing cabinet into the sea of forgetfulness and, and wiping our hearts clean so that we can have a relationship with you. Thank you for your forgiveness and for sending your son to pay our debt in full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, some of you, I have reminded you of that sin that just keeps coming back and haunting you. And right now is the time to confess it, to receive God's forgiveness for it, and then to walk away having put down a stake. You might want to write this date down in your Bible so that you could always look back and say, in that moment, I was set free. Well, we're so glad that you've been with us today. If you're ever in the San Philip area, please come and worship with us. And uh, if not, hopefully we'll see you again this time next week. Goodbye and God bless.